Howdy folks, I'm Mark. Today it is just me and my opinions. We can get right into it because I have 11 and a half minutes to talk to you about video games. So Xbox has been in the news a lot lately, uh, in a big way, with the recent Federal Trade Commission versus Microsoft trial over Microsoft by Activision Blizzard, but also in a smaller sense uh, with the price of Xbox Game Pass going up recently, um, and two of Xbox Live shifting to be Game Pass Core. So I have a two-fold mission today. I want to reflect a little bit on how I've interacted with Game Pass over the years, uh, but also give some thoughts on the place of Xbox and Microsoft in the industry overall. I should note, I'm not going to dive too deep into the trial itself and everything that's happened there, uh, partly because I don't have that much time and partly because it was too much to dig into. So it'll still color some of my thoughts and from my limited knowledge, just surface level opinion of it. Currently, it seems like it'll go through. I don't really care that much. I don't really play Activision games. Um, I am wary of a giant corporation like Microsoft getting even bigger. So to pick a side, I don't love it, partly because I don't really gain anything personally. Um, but I do think it's within Microsoft's right to acquire Activision Blizzard. So with that, uh, even now, with Game Pass being around for years, it's always been controversial. I think a lot of people love it. I've praised it myself. Um, a lot of people say that it's destroying the video game industry. And I also have concerns. Uh, if you don't know, Xbox Game Pass is a Netflix-style service uh, where you pay a monthly fee and you have access to a library of games. If you stop paying, you lose access. You don't own them. So you can get it for Xbox consoles or PC or Game Pass Ultimate gives you both, uh, along with Xbox Live or formerly known as Xbox Live, uh, which allows you to play online um, and is also sold separately. Ultimate is the highest price at $15 a month and now up to $17 a month with the price increase. Uh, there are also plenty of parallels to PS Plus, uh, but Microsoft and Xbox have really pushed Game Pass as the primary way they want you to play games. A big part of that being their big push of play it day one on Game Pass of any new games that come out goes directly on there rather than it being added in after the initial sales have slowed down. So that's a really big promise that they haven't backed out of, um, but there's also a fair criticism that they really haven't necessarily lived up to it, especially since the new consoles have come out um, and really delivering big first party games at all. That being said, Game Pass pretty much single-handedly got me into the Xbox ecosystem, uh, partly because I am cheap. Uh, backing up a bit, since middle school, I've owned exclusively Nintendo consoles, uh, but then in January 2020, uh, Jake Martin, the BitBloggist, had me on the BitCast to talk about the landscape of gaming in 2020. Little did we know what 2020 had in store, uh, but in researching for that, that's where I really understood what Game Pass was and how it worked, and I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, and then COVID itself happened, and we all had a lot more free time at home, um, and I had a lot more time than games to play. Uh, so I did the math and realized that instead of buying all the third-party or indie games I wanted to buy on Switch, I could just buy a used Xbox One and get Game Pass for about the same amount of money. Uh, and then with that, I would have access to a bunch of games that I didn't have before. And now, recently, I've upgraded to a Series X, which really because I felt like Game Pass made it worth it. Uh, this whole time, since 2020, I've only bought four games. Um, still none of them at full price, especially not like a $60 or $70 game. Also, only one of those was when I bought because I first played on Game Pass, being Outer Wilds. Um, so I will 
subscribe and unsubscribe if I'm playing something else. Uh, it's like, again, I'm cheap. I don't want to just set it and forget it. I, want to pay, I don't want to be paying for something that I'm not playing. Um, so I was even unsubscribed for almost a year from like June 2022 to April 2023 because I had plenty of other stuff I wanted to play that was either on my Switch or just for free on Xbox. But one major draw that I've really enjoyed is the ability to just kind of try out games. Uh, not owning them gives me a freedom to try out a game I wouldn't normally spend money on. And I know that's a big marketing thing they say about Game Pass. Um, I'm also much quicker to just drop a game if I don't like it. Like I didn't really pay for it. And it's like, again, that you don't own the games and they can leave the service. Uh, presumably first party stuff will stay there forever. Uh, but that's not guaranteed. And I understand that's a non-starter for plenty of people. Um, but personally, I found that really freeing uh, in the whole realm of games that I want to play. There's a difference between games that I could play and games that I feel like I'd need to play, need doing a lot of work there. Uh, but for the ones that I want to play as soon as possible, most often those are just Nintendo games. But Game Pass really opens up to me all the other games that I could play. Uh, they're not technically free, but they feel like they're free. Um, kind of like I'm borrowing them from a friend or a friend that I'm paying 15 or 17 bucks a month to be my friend. Uh, but I think that makes Xbox's showcases especially fun because there are so many that are coming to Game Pass and I can just get excited about them being there. So like with Nintendo Directs, there's an excitement of the announcements, uh, but then I have to do the math of do I want to spend money on it? And for me, I don't think I'll necessarily play a lot of these games again. Uh, if I really want to hold on to them, then I will just buy them. Uh, like I did for Outer Wilds. So now, moving more broadly to its place in the industry overall, and Game Pass and Microsoft and Xbox and the greater sphere of things, I like its place where it is. Uh, I don't want it to be the only way to play games. Uh, it feels a little bit unfair that Xbox has daddy's money, and only a company like Microsoft uh, has the cash to burn on Game Pass and run a long-term gambit in this way. Uh, we have no idea how much revenue Game Pass is bringing in, and it might not even be currently profitable. But alongside that, Nintendo and Sony are doing just fine. Um, and in the video game consumer mindshare, Xbox is still in last place, despite as big as Game Pass is. So I also think it's less of an offensive on Xbox's or Microsoft's part to squash the competition. I think it's more so that Microsoft wants a piece of every pie. Uh, they've talked about how open they are to putting Game Pass on Nintendo and Sony consoles uh, because they'll still get your subscription fee. And at that point, the Xbox itself just becomes the best place to have Game Pass. So one major concern I hear a lot is that Game Pass incentivizes a certain kind of game, which would turn all AAA games into live serve experiences that make the most of their money uh, through microtransactions and just squeezing every penny out. Uh, and again, there are still plenty of high-end, single-player, offline games that are doing extremely well. Uh, granted, most of those are from Nintendo and Sony, not necessarily Xbox. But on the other end of that spectrum is it incentivizes more adventurous and riskier ideas for smaller games and gives them a platform. So I think of Pentiment, which I haven't actually played, but it's a narrative-based game that looks like a medieval painting. Or Hi-Fi Rush, which is in my top two favorite games of the year so far. So it's just really fun to see these smaller games with new ideas reach wider audiences than they necessarily would before. And again, another big criticism has been, despite all the play at day one promises, there really hasn't been enough first-party games from Xbox to really sweeten the pot. 
which I totally get. Uh, on the same time, there's not a ton of first-party games that I personally really want to play, but there's always something new I want to play, whether that's an indie or a third-party game, or I'll at least try whatever is Xbox's big game for those six months. And a main contrast between Xbox and Sony and Nintendo is their lack of home-run first-party IP. Uh, there's Halo and Forza and, I guess, Gears of War. Uh, that's about it. So it seems like their strategy instead is just to buy studios and their IP with their comically large bags of money like Monopoly Man. Uh, and to their credit, I feel like Xbox has really allowed and pushed these studios to keep their unique identity and their reputations. Like, you know what a Bethesda game is, you know what an Obsidian game is, you know what a Double Fine game is like. I don't really know what, what a Nintendo EPD4 game is like. It's just all Nintendo to me. And this is totally conjecture, but I don't think they're as concerned about shoving these studios into the Xbox brand as we think they are. Uh, I don't know if their shopping spree is as much about having a killer lineup of first-party games, which comparatively they don't, and that's a convenient narrative to get their Activision acquisition through, but I think it's more of just a simple cost-benefit analysis for them. Like, As a business, can they buy this thing and make money off of it? If the answer is yes, they'll probably try to buy it. And that could be to uh, make Game Pass more enticing or just let the studio do his own thing and make them money. Right now, it looks like they're dumping truckloads of money trying to fix a problem of not having consistent killer first-party games, uh, but I also think they'd be still doing this anyway if that were the case. Microsoft is simply a much bigger company, and they're playing a totally different game. Like, for instance, Sony and Nintendo are both around the $100 billion mark of value. Comparatively, Microsoft is $2.5 trillion. Uh, and I think it's less about dominating the gaming landscape and more just trying to help make a massive company get a little bit bigger. And again, I don't love that, but it's also a little bit beyond my knowledge to really make a judgment call if that's truly a bad or a fair thing. That's just my observation. And again, totally guessing. There might even be like public statements that disprove any of these thoughts. And again, I think they just want a piece of every pie. Uh, they're already sharing their all their IP and first-party games with PC. Nothing is truly an Xbox exclusive. If Nintendo has their exclusive stuff and Sony has their exclusive stuff, instead, I think they want Game Pass and therefore Xbox to seem like the best and cheapest place you can get everything else. We also don't know, too, what kind of deal Xbox makes to get games on the Game Pass. Um, overall, developers and publishers seem happy about it, but it depends on who you ask. Jim Ryan, CEO at Sony, uh, claims that publishers called it value destructive. I could see that being the case if it becomes the primary way for anyone to play video games. Uh, but I don't think we're at that point in a meaningful way. And it could get there, and I may need to reassess where I spend my time and money at that point. Uh, but I also think these things tend to balance out. Music streaming is the primary way we all listen to music now, but we've also seen a massive surge and rise in vinyl records. And again, going back to how it's nice for smaller games, I have to imagine that for like indie developers and smaller publishers, they might like be immediately breaking even by having their game on Game Pass for a year, which I'm sure is a huge perk. Now, for one final take, I apologize for going over. That's the way things go. Uh, but as far as the consumer's concerned, I think Game Pass might be better off if Microsoft is on the back foot and in quote-unquote third place uh, and making crazy moves to try to bridge that gap. Uh, of course, we'd rather those moves be more consumer-friendly than competition-crushing, but I think that keeps Game Pass being a great deal without it becoming this dominating force in the industry. 
If it still makes sense to me, I'll keep paying for Game Pass even as the price increases. Um, a $2 jump for Ultimate is not as much as I expected, but also the jump came sooner than I expected. Uh, and as for its long-term sustainability, I have no clue. Microsoft at least presents itself as continuing to ramp it up and build it out and promote it. Uh, but also Microsoft is a big enough company where they can afford to just shut it down altogether and take their ball and go home. I don't expect that, but they could. So, wrapping up. What am I playing? I am playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. What else is new? Uh, and thank you all for listening in. You can follow us on the major podcasting services. You can find us on the proper socials at 11.5 minutes and let us know, will Xbox Game Pass destroy the video game industry? Let us know. And so while you're here, if you want to leave a nice little rating or a nice little review, that's much appreciated. I'm told it helps podcasts grow. Would love to see that. And that's all the time that we have for today. Thanks. Thanks.